in enterprise world, most of the uh, companies are actually very rational and logical, comparing to you know like let's say going into uh, consumer uh, world that you know like where some of the decision made were not as rational. So that's where we found you know like our strength uh, in this industry. So that's how we started building a very B two B focused uh, uh, AI solution company. I'm Stephen Cummins and this is episode 81 of 14 Minutes of SaaS. We've moved from the Dublin Tech Summit to Rise in Hong Kong where I met and interviewed Winnie Lee, COO and co-founder of Appier, an AI-driven platform that helps enterprise-scale B2B entities make better marketing decisions. Its core product is a cross-platform advertising agent, CrossX, which covers retargeting and app installations, but also provides deep learning to help publishers and brands discover new audiences for their products. HQ'd in the city of Taipei, Appier also has offices in Japan and Singapore and has raised more than 80 million USD since this interview. The newspaper, Taiwan News, recently claimed that Appier is a new unicorn. Appier is heavily focused on Asia, where the market is less competitive for marketing technology. And this is a great example of where building a presence in a geographical location can help you grow and develop without being fully exposed to competition from some of the other big players in a given domain. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. So today on the show, on 14 Minutes of SaaS, we have Li Wanling, or Winnie Lee, COO and co-founder of Appier, which he co-founded in 2012. And Appier is an AI-driven platform that helps businesses make better marketing decisions. How are you doing, Winnie? Very good today. How are about you? you? Doing grand. Are you enjoying Rise, Hong Kong? Yes, very much. Actually, a very productive day so far, and you know, like more to come, I believe. Tell me a little bit about your life. So I was born and raised in Taiwan, Taipei, and uh, grew up there. Uh, did my undergrad there as well. You know, haven't leave home. Uh, like I haven't really be away from home for too much. Like during you know that period of time till my college days, and then after that, you know, I took a very bold decision. I went to the U.S. for my graduate uh, studies, and uh, that's where I was trained for ten years, uh, being an immunologist. Yeah, and. Uh, during that period of time, of course, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I saw your face. You, you seem very surprised that I'm in this business right now. But at the time, really, uh, when I was, you know, go, going to the uh, graduate school uh, in immunology, I really thought I was going to be academia uh, for a really long, uh, maybe like for the rest of my life, perhaps. That's what I thought at the time. But you know, life is interesting. You met people that you never thought you would. Uh, that's where, actually, in the U.S., that's where I met our co-founder and CEO, uh, Chihan, as well as another co-founder, our CTO, uh, Joe. And uh, Chihan and Joe, they were roommates uh, at Harvard. And uh, they decided you know, to start a company based on AI because they were very, uh, I, I would say Chihan is actually a very visionary person. He believed in uh, the potential of AI so early on, where AI was really not a hot topic, hot topic at the time. And he decided to pursue a career in that. And uh, that was before he met Joe. So our story goes 
from that point uh, to now. So uh, them two like started this idea of forming an AI startup company in their dormitory. And then of course, you know, they both are tech people and they keep trying to convince me to, 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 to join. And yeah, after a little while, I do agree, you know, like working with two very talented young talent uh, with very different specialties could be an interesting thing for me because uh, I do love immunology, don't pay, take me wrong, I still love immunology. But uh, I also love the part of, you know, about learning new things and uh, solving unknown problems uh, all the time. And startup is actually an area that are very similar in this way. Yeah. So it's not too surprising for me because I, um, I've had about five job changes over the years and uh, I was purifying immunoglobulins in oh. a biotechnology company uh, about 27 years ago. Uh, so I've, I'm also a biologist by training. Uh, and I also awesome. eventually ended up in software, uh, so there you go. Yep. Uh, it's a small world. Yeah, I was going to mention that you did actually work for a year, though. You went to, you worked in the Boston's Children's Hospital yes. as an immunologist after yes. your PhD. I'm just interested to know your two colleagues. They obviously saw something in you, a lot mm. in you, to be to be to be peppering you like that. There's actually a clear reason that they they uh, recruited me rather than other people. So I think you know the our founding team of Appier is a pure engineers and, and scientists team, and I am also a scientist. But because I am in biomedical science and. I think you're probably also familiar with people within this field. So comparing to uh, computer scientists, I would say, uh, biomedical scientists are a little better at communication in general. And that's reason, I think the big part of the reason why they decided to recruit me because you know in early days when they're trying to build products, you also need people who can actually communicate the ideas across and share with you know like general audience and in layman terms that people can really understand fully. So that's you know where uh, my contribution can come into play. Yeah. How did Appier go about getting product market fit? Um, mm. Who were the first buyers? Um, so from day one, uh, we actually believe AI is going to be a very important technology in the future. And uh, we firmly believe that we can utilize AI to make people's lives easier and happier. But at that point, we did not really have a clear idea or a, a good market sense, to be honest, uh, at the time to know which sector or uh, application domain that we should go after. So uh, we kind of started by trying arrows a lot. So in the end, we found actually uh, we are, because we are scientists, so we figure in enterprise world, most of the uh, company, the demand from companies are actually very rational and logical comparing to, you know, like, let's say, going into uh, consumer uh, world that, you know, like where some of the decisions made were not as rational. So that's where we found, you know, like our strength uh, in this industry. So that's how we started building a very B2B focused uh, uh, AI solution company. Plus the, the data would be more structured usually. As well, as well, yeah. exactly. And and within a, uh, the data set would be more confined. Exactly, the parameters would be exactly. Easier to set. And there's like a very clear problems that most of the companies are solving or going after. So that actually can help to, to uh, have AI perform better to start with. Yeah. And what sets you apart from the competition? What is it that makes Appier special, do you feel? Mm. We have really the world-class team uh, at Appier, which this is something that we are very proud of. Uh, we put a lot of effort in building uh, a 
team and after that you know after you have the right uh, team and the right product the technology then the next question is are you really addressing the right questions are you really making an impact uh, for end user or an industry initially when we started our business we actually didn't know you know what kind of questions should, uh, we should go after. So we, we actually, you know, the first few ones were really this. And, uh, but we learned, you know, uh, in this journey. So we figure uh, there are a certain type of questions that we can answer well. And, you know, kind of this, this journey and this uh, trial and error uh, experiments kind of shape our team right now into a very market-driven, uh, innovation type of uh, team so this is very different from I think most of the uh, tech stars where their founders came from very solid tech background because normally you know uh, people who came from very solid tech background they always want to build core technology it's all about core technology uh, don't take me wrong you know we have a very solid tech team so we still want to build core technology but we realized really early on in those you know, uh, pivots, uh, we realized if this core technology cannot answer or address a very important question for end user or in the industry, then you know, like this, this core technology will not really uh, make a good impact. So therefore, that's the reason why uh, nowadays like the approach that we take is very market driven. Like what industries? Uh, finance is one, uh, you know, like e-commerce, uh, okay. gaming companies, or uh, a lot of consumer-facing kind of company where they have consumer data uh, at scale. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Now, Appier is six years and eight months old, mm -hmm. and you're, you've raised 82 million. Uh, your last raise was 23 months ago. Mm -hmm. So that sounds uh, like the company is ready. Am I sitting talking to the founder of a unicorn by any chance of the next unicorn from Taiwan? I, I cannot comment on that. I, the only I thing I can couldn't. share is that uh, we are trying uh, our very best to uh, grow into a valuable, valuable company in a lot of ways. Hopefully, you know, uh, we will provide value to our customers, uh, to the end users, this industry, as well as, you know, our investors. Yeah. Okay, so about you again, uh, when you name one person who's been influential in your life, that could be your mum, your dad, or, or Steve Jobs, or, or, or Marie Curie. If I pick one, I think the top one will be uh, my grandfather. So he's an entrepreneur himself, and the reason why he has been my role model for a very long period of time is because of his mindset. So, you know, like people in you know, your grandparents' generation, you don't expect them to be very open-minded when they grow older, but he's a very unique person. He stay on top of, you know, like all the new current wave of technology or new development in the world globally, really not just, you know, like focusing on the local news. No, he actually, uh, he really loved learning uh, new ideas or, or technology globally and also continue to you know have open-minded discussions or conversations i really hope you know uh, this is some some one that i will grow into uh, when i get older and i hope i'm on the right track i i at least so far i do feel like i enjoy learning new things all the time and hopefully this is the great influence that you know he, he has passed on to me
Next week, Winnie, a self-confessed workaholic, tells us why she's happy to work 72 hours a week. She also explains why she believes Taiwan is a great choice of country in which to start up a software company. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love, and I travel all over the world to interview the founders of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time. And I never play dirty tricks, such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots, we'll publish a month earlier. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you.